Hello everyone, my name is Caleb Walgren and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 171 of Brody Sports Talk. I am, of course, joined by the delightfully happy Denver Bronco fan himself, Derek Rusnick. Derek, how are you doing? Go Broncos. I'm trying to I'm trying to workshop the Russell Wilson uh, end of interview thing. He used to go go Hawks. I'm trying to workshop go Broncos or um, something like that. Um, but uh, I'm very happy to have Russell Wilson on the team. Absolutely. Now that's not something we're going to be getting into in this Brody Bite episode, as we are looking and doing a quick draft of the top ten free agency ish stories. Um, that have happened, basically things that have happened since we met last week. So things that are off the record, unavailable, because we've already talked about them. Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers. Not going there. Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos. Not going there. Yeah. Derek's happy. I'm happy. Uh, Bobby Wagner getting released. We've already talked about it. So, Derek, with the first pick in this draft which story do you want to take off of the board i want to go with my stillwater fan uh, fandom and go with emmanuel agba resigned with the dolphins so emmanuel agba former oklahoma state cowboy my alma mater reached a four-year 65 million dollar deal that includes 32 million fully guaranteed at signing um, with the Miami Dolphins. He's been there uh, a few years now and is making his money. Very happy to see that a uh, Oklahoma State boy has made it in the NFL and is a contributor and a, uh, let's call it a day one uh, of free agency uh, pickup. So they, they, they gave him a um, an early let's get him let's get him re-signed so we don't lose him absolutely I think this was a great signing by Chris Greer you could argue that some of his other signings may be more questionable but I definitely think that bringing Ogba back knowing how he operates in that defense is just a really key thing for the Dolphins to start free agency I'm going to go ahead and take my pick here at number two I'm going to take the uh, least interesting news take of the weekend, which is uh, Tom Brady unretiring after 40 days of retirement, when which Tom probably wouldn't have had to do anything anyway. He has decided that he is going to return to football. As he said, his place is not in the stands with the fans. It is on the field. Um... I also think it's funny. I saw people say, why is Tom Brady saying unfinished business? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he, he's done more in his career than anyone else has ever done in their career. The Buccaneers are a stacked and loaded team. Um, I don't want to say any of the other Bucks news because they. I don't know if Derek's going to steal it or not. I'll at least go ahead and say uh, Ali Marpet is not going to unretire as well. He has confirmed that, at least for now unless he happens to pull Brett Favre and unretire later on in this whole process. Uh, anyway, it, I feel like, if nothing else, all of the stations have all of their stuff programmed so that when the next time Tom Brady retires, 
people can maybe take a one week vacation and not have to come in and say all the beautiful things that they think about Tom Brady again because they've already done it. Uh, we will probably re-air a podcast or something like that just or steal <laughs> that segment because I don't like saying nice things about Tom Brady, but this is huge news. It really makes the Bucks a... Would you argue that it's at least a, th- a three-team race now in the NFC, Derek? Uh, with Rodgers returning, you have the Packers, you have the Bucks, and you have the Rams. Does that sound fair? Um, yeah, it does sound does sound fair. I mean, the NFC is a little bit of a toss-up. Everywhere you go, it could turn into... I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the draft. We don't know what's going to happen when it comes to... Like, all of a sudden, someone jumps out, much like... Uh, some of the the rookies did this last year, so it's a it's a kind of an up and up in the air thing. Where are you going with pick number three, Derek? Yeah, I'm going to give a salute to the Washington football team that is now named the Washington Commanders, and they have acquired Carson Wentz. Um, so yeah, Carson Wentz used to play for. The Colts. He started his career in Philadelphia with the Eagles and had an MVP level um, season before he got hurt. Nick Foles steps in, wins a Super Bowl for the Eagles this last year. The Colts uh, trade for Wentz, and now after a, a disappointing season. Um, of the Colts not making the playoffs, it, uh, needing only that last win of the season versus the Jaguars, the the Carson Wentz experiment has moved on. Um, let's see. That was for a 2022 second round, a number 42 overall, a third round, 73 overall, and a conditional t- uh, 2023 third round pick. So... Yeah, I, I uh, certainly not the package he got when he went to the the Colts, but uh, let's see what Carson Wentz can do in uh, the nation's capital. Where are you going with your pick? Well, I just want to go ahead and pile on Carson for a second because I felt <laughs> like it was fairly interesting. Um, we had actually recorded our Commander's season recap and talked about the quarterbacks and how they just needed to do something to improve that position. So one... I don't know if they've got like hidden audio because it wasn't released at the time Wentz got traded, but uh, Washington also agreed with us that they needed to upgrade the quarterback position. It does feel weird. Uh, basically, they exchanged fifth round picks, so the Colts moved mm-hmm. up five spots in the second round, like a oh, whoop de doo. And they have a third next year that could turn into a second if Wentz plays a lot. Eh, okay. Um, so I'll, I'm going to stick with the quarterback position here. Okay. And I'm going to go with what I think is an underrated signing. I've seen a lot of people say that they are not a fan of it, but I think that they could have done a whole lot worse. Okay. And that is Mitchell Trubisky signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, first, it is a pretty low money deal. Um, I'm going to double-check the specs on that contract in just a second. But when Trubisky was at his best, which he did have a year to sit and rest under Brian Dable last year and kind of learn more of the NFL offense, 
because let's face it, Matt Nagy wasn't teaching him anything the whole time he was in Chicago. When Trubisky was at his best, he was being a mobile quarterback. He was getting involved in the run game. And when you look at some of the issues where the Steelers were this past year, it was they have no mobility at quarterback. Like, nothing was going the right way. And they really just needed to have some additional options. And when Trubisky has done well with the Bears, it was a team that had less skilled players on offense than the Steelers do now, an elite-level defense, and just okay play from the quarterback. We're not saying Trubisky's going to come out there and be a top, even a top-half quarterback. He just needs to be decent, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo-level-esque quarterback, and uh, maybe Andy Dalton-esque, but he's younger. So it's one of those things where the Steelers could have found their quarterback of the future if things look right. If they didn't, it was a two-year, $14 million contract. I mean, Tyrod's practically getting that with the Giants, and he's Tyrod Taylor, and everyone knows everything that Tyrod Taylor is going to be, especially Justin Herbert. Um, anything you want to add as far as the Trubisky signing? I like the signing. Um, much like what you said, um, he's more mobile than uh, than Roethlisberger ever was. If I mean, Mike Tomlin is someone I very much respect, and I respect the organization. I respect the man, and if they can, if they can teach him how to to find the open receiver and to get the ball out of his hand, um, Najee Harris is a great player in the backfield, and that's going to probably be most of the offense. So I like the signing of Mitchell Trubisky, and you know I'm hoping that he reclaims a bit of his uh, of his glory from being the, the second overall pick and then kind of flaming out with the Bears. I'm going to go with a an underrated news, uh, I think, that is going to turn into something big in the next year or so. So veteran tight end Zach Ertz, uh, re-signs with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, three-year, $31.65 million. Um, he did it the day before free agent open, so you know you could sign your own players before then. The one of the issues that the Cardinals have have had is a a steady drop off uh, that they they have toward the end of the season. They're going to come out. Raging fire, and then toward the end of the season, people figure them out, and they don't do so well at the last part of the uh, of the season. I think with a a stable tight end, I think the Zacherts could really make a difference when it comes to changing the perspective at the end of the season. Um, your your DeAndre Hopkins are going to be covered. Your other receivers are going to be covered. But generally, the tight ends in the NFL nowadays are something special, and he's a, a special player. So, for me, this is uh, this might not come this year, but he'll be worth his money that he makes uh, around uh, what ten million dollars a year, just under that. So, uh, that's my uh, anything you want to add to Zach Ertz? I mean, they basically signed Ertz for less money than the, what the franchise tag is going to be per year, sure. and they get him for three years. You know, with the tight end market really drying up with, you know, Njoku staying, Gasicki was staying, you know, I think we had said that 
three or four different teams had the franchise tag used on their tight ends. I think that the Cardinals being able to say, I know Ertz is older, but let's give him a couple of years. You know, let's have some veteran leadership in a locker room that has at least been a discussion of some drama over the last few days. And always just a smart move to, to keep some of those older heads and to, to keep things a little bit more stable. Derek, um, what are your thoughts if I, if I do a little bit of a bundle deal here at number six? Okay, well, let's, uh, let's see what you can put together in a maybe future first-round uh, news or something like that. I mean, uh, basically, I'm, I'm doing a, a two-pack for the Chargers. Uh, the okay. Chargers, of course, went out and acquired Khalil Mack in a trade because they needed someone on the other side of Joey Bosa. And then they also went out and got arguably one of the stars of this free agent class in cornerback J.C. Jackson to help them shore up that the back end of the pass defense. Now, when you think of, you know, Bosa, Khalil Mack back in the AFC West, I'm sure you enjoyed him being gone for a while, but he's back. Now, J.C. Jackson is there. He's going to be there with Derwin James. Apparently, they used to do seven-on-seven seven drills back yeah, from in high school game, yeah. and whatnot. Like, they already have some chemistry, and I only think that that's going to get better. I think that what the Chargers are doing on that defensive side of the ball to say, we can't give up all of these pass plays to Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. We're going to be more aggressive on defense. We have a defensive-minded head coach. We have enough offensively with Eckler, Herbert, Williams, and Allen. We need to really invest on that defensive side of the ball, and that's a huge investment with Mack and Jackson. Um, definitely a big bundle. Uh, anything you want to add on that, Derek? Uh, no. So I am uh, worried for my team. Um the, the AFC West was really, really scary when Wilson came over uh, into the AFC West. You know, of course, Mahomes is still there. Justin Herbert's moving up. And, um, you know, we'll see what the Raiders do, but the Raiders are getting better. Um, with the Chargers getting significantly better on the defensive side, I, uh, I am a little worried about my AFC West. But I think they're going to beat each other up, much like the NFC West did this last year. And maybe they get three teams in the playoffs this year because they're just going to be so very good at uh, in the non-con or the uh, the non-AFC West games. Or there's going to be uh, you know so probably ten, eleven wins uh, teams in three of the three out of four. And uh, who are you looking at taking at number seven here in this draft? Yeah, so I am going to take to draft someone who was drafted 16 years ago and go with the story of Los Angeles Rams left tackle Andrew Whitworth. Uh, he's retiring after 16 season um, and a Super Bowl win. I cannot um, say enough about the man that is Andrew Whitworth. Not the football player, the man. He's a great person. He does a lot for his community um, and always stands up for the, the best things. Always, you, you see him out there using his 
star power, using his uh, the money, using his charities. Um, this 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 guy went out on top, doing what he loves. Um, you can't go out better than um, than winning a Super Bowl, much like Peyton Manning did with the Broncos. Uh, gratuitous Broncos uh, plug there. Um, this is a, a huge loss for the for the Rams. I mean, Andrew was in his 40s, so uh, you know you can probably get someone younger out there. And but the Rams probably don't have any picks until like the 12th round. But uh, I mean, it's a big loss for not just the Rams, but for the NFL community at large. I will go ahead and say they did sign um, his backup to a three-year extension right before Whitworth retired. So it was kind of a, I think Whitworth had told the team, hey, I'm going to retire. Uh, they were okay. able to lock up the position a little bit more and then and maybe get a little bit of market savings. And then he re- announced the retirement. Again, just shows you what kind of a guy he is. He's doing this really organization is. and giving his backup a chance to get the role before he steps away. So here at number eight, I'm going to go with a very odd one Ooh. that probably is uh, debatable of what I should fill in the blank with, but I'm just going to say Jaguars sign. Who didn't like, everybody? The Jaguars are the the Patriots of the twenty one off season. They basically are going out saying we have a young quarterback, and they are signing anything and everything that they think is going to be able to help build around him. You want Brandon Scherf to come stock up that offensive line? You got him. You want to go get yourself Christian Kirk on a crazy, crazy high amount of money? You can do that. Uh, maybe some help on the defense as well. But they also went out. They got Evan Ingram. They got Zay Jones. Like, the, they're buying everything that they can see. Like, it, the Jaguars went on a shopping spree. They've got a lot of things. They've got some of that London money that they're just going out. They're trying to get everything at each store making sure that they are not missing out on anything because Lawrence is on that rookie deal and if you don't build around him now you're not going to be building around him later while I do think that Trent Baalke is not the best GM I think that he's had a good start to this offseason and I don't know if that's because uh, Doug Peterson is there which kudos to Peterson and I mean let's face it he took a second-year quarterback to a Super Bowl before. Uh, we mentioned him at pick number three, Carson Wentz. So, <laughs> yeah. granted, he also took his backup to the Super Bowl and won. But uh, I feel like Jaguars sign, yes, it's a little bit of a misnomer. Yes, that's probably more than I should be able to bundle. But they signed a ton of people, and I had to at least get them included on this list. Derek, where are you going? This is your last pick, pick number nine. Yeah, so I'm going to go with what I'm going to assume is a steal in the uh, in the news here. And the Cowboys and the Cleveland Browns made a trade this week for Amari Cooper. So uh, Amari Cooper um, was acquired 
from the Oakland Raiders. Thank goodness he got out of there. Um, that was back when they were in Oakland. So I can actually say that, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, back in 2018, uh, at that point in time, he was worth a first-round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, this time, not so much. Uh, Cooper uh, got a, a fifth round at the, at the five, and a, they exchanged their sixth-round selections in this upcoming draft. Uh, so whomever is the quarterback in Cleveland, um, <laughs> definitely going to need some receivers because um, I'm going to go ahead and bundle a, uh, a pick as well. And OBJ is gone. And, oh, uh, yeah, they're, uh, Jarvis Land they, the Browns dropped Jarvis Landry. Um, and so they're going to need someone to throw the ball to in, uh, in Cleveland, whether that's uh, Baker throwing the ball or um, someone else. So, yeah. Uh, anything to add to this uh, Cleveland Browns? Um, why the Cowboys would be getting rid of Amari Cooper slash why so little? I think that they were trading Cooper in part because they were going to get that extension from Michael Gallup. They said, let's get younger. They had just franchised Dalton Schultz. They're getting some younger talent around Dak Prescott. And Amari Cooper was great to show that Dak could be good enough. But I think they are leaning that CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, it's going to be more of that one-two tandem than Cooper really was there. Plus, they really did overpay him. $20 million a year is a lot for Cooper, who continues to get up there in age. And has always at least had a Batman to his Robin. And we'll see if he does well in Cleveland. I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, for the last pick, I'm going with an underrated signing that hit the news today that I thought was just a really good move. And that is the Buffalo Bills signing J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick is a running back. This past year he was injured a little bit off and on with the Washington football team. They were the football team then, so I'm allowed to say that too. And, <laughs> I mean, in general he's just a pass-catching back. And when you've looked at what the Bills have done at running back in the last few years, you know, they had Singletary, who was young, and needed to still evolve and looked really good the last six or seven games this past year. Zach Moss, he's also was young, but I don't know that they've quite gotten the investment that they wanted when they took him in the second round. When you've tried it, the draft and it's not working, you move to free agency. J.D. McKissick, I mean, he's a veteran. He's a guy that I think is a solid signing here. And... Do you really want Josh Allen to have another weapon in the passing game where they're like, oh, they put McKissick in. You're trying to guard Diggs. You're trying to guard McKenzie. You're trying to guard Gabriel Davis. You're trying to guard everyone. And, oh, McKissick took it out of the backfield, and he's got, you know, great great skills with the ball in his hands. And, <laughs> like, Great for him because, one, Buffalo's offense should be way more wide open than everything in Washington this past year. But also, just a underrated signing for the Bills that I felt 
it's a backup running back that most people are probably going, oh, I don't even need to read that. But it's it's going to be an impact signing, I think. So can I ask you a, a, a quick question, Caleb? Sure. So on your, what would that be, your second or your third, um, you you were talking about the Chargers acquiring Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. Is there a reason why you didn't give the biggest Charger news uh, in that, or was you just dislike Chase Daniel? Well, I mean, Chase Daniel was already there. He's coming back. So I felt like I didn't want to, and I was mainly talking up the defense. Chase Daniel, legend, getting another, like, what, $2.5 million or something like that 2.25 million. To hold a clipboard, because that's what Chase Daniel does best. Um, I appreciate you bringing it up. I meant to toss it in, but I didn't even get a joke in there, so... So Chase Daniel has been in the league for a long time. Out of Missouri, I remember when he played in Missouri. It was, it was great, and uh, he has gone to a bunch of places, and he's played probably what less than ten games in his career, but is a career backup, and always gets that, uh, you know, two million, three million uh, deal, and just. Goes about his life and lives in great, uh, great weather. I mean, he was in, in Detroit for a year or two, um, but uh, goes to the sunshine and is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's really it for us here as this top 10 draft for the Brody Bites episode comes to a close. I do want to thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode as we are still churning out the content like Mad Men during this month of March. Uh, I've got a March Madness preview coming up later this week for uh, the weekend preview. I'm doing it early on Thursday so that it's out before the tournament begins. That's going to be fun. We're doing eight NFL recaps this week because we got to get to them so we can get to the draft. And then all of this insanity is happening in the NFL, and we at least have to sit down and start somewhere with it. It's great. It's a great time to be a football fan. I'm excited. Derek's excited. If you're excited about us, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, with that plug out there, I will go ahead (laughs) and say, on behalf of Derek, my name is Kiel Borgren. Thank you for listening to Brody Sports Talk, and we are signing out. Later, y'all. Bye, guys.